And welcome everyone this morning. So, this special meeting, as we all are aware, and we are before the presence of the Lord. Um, welcome to church this morning, everyone. Um, before we continue from where we left off last night, and one of the things that will happen at the end of time is that there will be a globalized um, control of world currency. There will be world global central bank. There will be digital money where you will not be, where everything is controlled. And for students or for believers, this should start triggering up. You know, for believers in the 1800s, no one will ever believe that a time will come when you can see what's happening in the world on time, real time, at the same time. And it's not possible. If you tell them, they will tell you, what are you, what are you thinking about? When the Lord Jesus revealed to Apostle John in the book of Revelation, when he says, the two witnesses that will minister at a time in the future will be killed for three and a half days, and the whole world will see their corpse. Lying in the street of Jerusalem. It doesn't make sense. The prophetic angle to it. And like what we were sharing yesterday, one third of everything in the Bible is prophetic. But today, how many of you know that if somebody dies in Israel right now, we can see it real time, on time, everywhere in the world at the same time. So right now, it doesn't make, it makes sense now that that thing is possible. But when it was prophesied, even John was wondering, said with Bishop, how can it possible? Everybody in the world sees at the same time. But now today we see it, it's a reality. It's possible. When he says in that's Revelation 11. Revelation 13 says, and a time will come in history where no one will be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast, without the mark of the number of his name, without coming under the authority of, of, of the lawless one. You know, so if I feel that it's not possible, I have my cash. I will, I will go, I will go to the corner and what? And buy and sell. Now you are discovering that actually that might that might not be possible. But really, a time will come, and it is being shown right now by what we are experiencing. Amen. That no one will be able to buy or sell without the approval 
of the, of the world-reigning government. And remember that all of these things have been prophesied in Scripture in relation to Christ and those that love him. So all of this has been written in relation to us. We are, we are the ones at the, at, the, at the eye of the storm. So amen. These things are written for some people out now. It's worse to prepare. I was watching a short clip. I don't know where I saw it from. There's a new store now by Amazon. You walk in without cash. There's no single human being in the store. And I've seen the video. No waiter, no guard, no, 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 no attender. Nobody tells you, please, I'm, I'm looking for, in fact, as I saw it, I saw after meal in the this, in this show, in, on the thing. I saw SMA good. It's there in the video. So once you come in, you walk in, take everything you are taking, scan it, and go. As you are, as you are leaving the store, they send your receipt and they debit you. And this morning, by the grace of God, we are, we want to study and examine the, the, the predictions of our Lord. Amen this morning. Now for some of us, we've not had it like this before. You know, I was sharing yesterday briefly when David was going to fight Goliath. The Bible says he stood to take some stones by the, by the river's bank. There are many stones you have to take. There are many truths of God's word we have to take in our back of faith. One of it is understanding the end times. Jesus taught the end times. The apostles taught the end times. The prophets prophesied about the end times. And like it or not, it's one generation that will see this whole thing happen. You know, Jesus said, as it were in the days of Noah. Folks, the days of Noah is just like our day. You know, actually, we, we can't really tell how advanced and developed they were. You know, all our thoughts is that they're like Stone Age. No, really, recent discoveries is showing that these guys were actually so advanced in their time that we don't know the, 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 that extent, but the things that they are finding out in archaeology, you can't do it with, with, with stone. No, no, these things can't be built by good people. No, there were, there were actually developments in, in technology to move boulders up to 90 feet high. You can't just carry, you, no, 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 something happened. We can't really tell, but they had their own kind of advancement and technology. And they were marrying. And how do you think Noah built the back? Or do you think it's just it's just a carpenter? No, our mind is like a carpenter. It's just one crude. We think they are stone age folks. No, they are stone age. They were advanced in their own right. Just like we advance right now in our own right also. How many of you notice that even this our so-called development in our time didn't start except the last hundred years? 
The rich men in 1900s were, were on, on the horses. Just four years ago, they were horses. Hundred years ago, hundred is just ten years in ten in ten places. Two of us. There was really nothing. They were living in in bushes. There's no if a small decision to kill them. But in the last 60, 70, 80 years, you think that this has been since no, no. Everything we play just is in the last hundred to hundred years it has happened. And when the Lord said, as it were in the days of Noah, so it shall be. Men were marrying and giving their daughters and their sons in marriages. They were enjoying themselves just like we are doing today. People were spraying money. Maybe they were spraying cowries. I don't know. But what what are they spraying? They, 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 they're spreading it. And people who are famous doing those things too also were famous around the world. Solomon was famous that the queen of Sheba came to check on him. How did she know? There was a means for them to know. But guess what? The things that God said will happen in the last time is beginning to take shape. And when you start seeing some of these things, that says what manner of believers ought us to be. To be. You know, in our time, people feel that all about life is enjoyment. Let us enjoy. I want the enjoyment party. Traveling. Vacation. Cars. Houses. What else? But are those things real enjoyment? And someone began to speak in the Bible and it says, I have all these things yet. I'm not having them. Sometimes you would know that some things are nothing until you, until you finally have them. That's the way we see this. This is really nothing. How many of you, when you were not married, it was doing like if I don't marry, I would die. Ah, marriage, I'm on jeopardy. Ma, ma, I would do. I feel like you see a married man, you want to taxi and enjoying married people. You just, you just me, we shall have my own wife, and then we'll be moving. We'll, we'll go and shop, we'll carry cats. In fact, we'll put our baby in front. Have you seen it? I'm pushing the baby, and you in fact, I won't even buy it. I'll just push, I, I, I'll just start picture with my wife. You know, I'll just be walking, just about it, who would die there. It, 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 the whole thing has what? Has come down. And that's how it is. There's really no enjoyment in this life apart from men following and serving God. And God in his mercy has given us the things we need to be looking out for. As we walk through his life. So ultimately, we can come to a place of true rest. Do not walk through this life and forget you are a Christian. Because there are many things going on today that makes Christians compromise. But Jesus has foretold and forewarned us before they happen. This morning, I'm going to read one scripture. 
the book of Genesis, chapter 3, from verses 1 through verse 13. This is the story of Adam and Eve. This was before the sin. This was before the fall. Satan did not say they are, they are one with God. He still came to deceive. This was prior to the fall. They were still in the faith. They were still in union with God. The fact that people are union with God doesn't mean he will not come to want to deceive them and get them off. That's the reason sometimes people say, once you are saved, always say, well, yes, but be careful. There are scriptures that seems to suggest that, praise God, but there are more scriptures that tells us to watch. God will always balance his thought so that we are, we are on the same point. You know, yesterday I was, I was talking to God today. I said to him, I said, have you observed that Soviets? When they are to mark points, they don't mark only one point. They use the end point to navigate the point from start. So that, so that, so that, so that their, their, their understanding of where the end point is guides them to where the end is. So they keep looking at that point so that they don't go off tangent. Sometimes the end point can be very far from where they are. But it's that end point that keeps the compass and keeps the line straight. And that's the teaching of the end time. That's what it's supposed to achieve. It, it's, it's meant to, to, to galvanize and, and keep our focus in God. So that every kind of distraction you bring along the way, our hearts will not be altered. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of what? Our faith. For like I said, the most precious gift we have on this earth is our salvation. The most valuable thing we have, amen. And that's the reason when we come to church, we, we come always to remind ourselves of this glorious truth as we see the day approach. We don't live like those in the dark. We live like those in the light. But how do we live like those in the light? We understand what is in light. Satan came to these believers. Hallelujah. From verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat now. Stop noticing how he's distorting information. And the purpose of this distortion is to ultimately deceive her. He's going to a point of deception, but he didn't come that way straight. He began to upturn the voice and the word of God. And that's why we must understand what God is saying, has said, and will say. 
Let's go this morning. He said, and, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Wow. You will not surely die. You will die, but it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not real, real death. The, 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 the something is not telling you, but there's, it's not, it's not really, you know, you not surely die, but you die, but it's not sure. So this morning, for God knows, wow, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw, so she saw, she saw that the tree was good for food. Now, was that the first time she seen that tree? No. But now when Satan calls her attention to the tree specially, her eyes opened. She began to see that tree from a different perspective when Satan began to call her attention to it. When she saw the tree was good for food. Hallelujah. And, and that it was, it was a delight to the eyes. And the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her. Wow. And he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sweet fig leaves and make themselves like clothes. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the pool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Imagine hiding from God, hiding from God, and, and you're hiding, and, and, and you're hiding behind the tree. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, "Where art thou?" And he said, "I heard the sound of, of 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 you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself." He said, "Who told you you were naked?" Have you eaten as the people? Have you eaten of the tree of, of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave me to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is it that thou hast done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me. And one what Jesus always mentioned, let no one deceive you. But remember that God gave them instructions. God actually, because she knew. He thought she would say, he said we should eat but one. So actually she had a level of knowledge. So it's not a positive of instruction that made that deceive. It means even when you have knowledge, 
Choices are sealed that you may still be what deceived if you don't hold up to that truth that you know till the end. So every knowledge you will gain today is not to add to the repertoire and the retinue of what you've known. It's to help you hold on and know what Satan is doing. And know the things happening in our world today that is bringing us closer and closer to the end of time. So when you see this happen, it says, look up for your salvation, draw it now. God wants to raise believers who will not be moved by food. Who will not serve him because of pleasure. Who will not serve him because they want to gain knowledge. But those who serve him because they love him and are willing to give themselves for him. And my prayer is that ultimately at the end of this teaching today, we will take time to pray as I come back. But it will begin to help you to start planning your life around the revelation of the end times. Start planning. We start preparing. Like the ants. That was the day people, they have no king. But 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 in terms of summer, what they do is just they go gathering and preparing for winter when they can go out. I pray myself, I won't get myself entrapped in a place where Satan still dwells. It's a choice. Because when the heat starts, it starts from where he is. When he said, when you see the desolation of the abolition spoken by Daniel the prophet, let those who are in Judea do what? That means there's a location where you start from. He's telling you, borrow bring. Don't go and leave them. That's what he said. That's what he said. In fact, I feel the Holy Ghost. When we start seeing the seats where he's galvanizing his, his kingdom, don't go and leave them. That's where the starts from. Before you run back, he has caught up with you. As believers, we must start thinking like early church and early Christians who are standing in the truth. The days are gone when everything about the church is about what, what I will eat, what I will drink, what I will hear, God's power, God's name is all about me, 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 nothing about God. The days are here where we start thinking in alignment with the prophecies that God has spoken to the church. I pray this morning you understand this teaching. And I want you to really listen. And God will grant us divine understanding. And pray that by, by the reason of this teaching, there will be a revival in our hearts. There will be, be an awakening. There will be fire of God. You know, that will burn and rise. There will be, there will be, there will be, light shall be made up. Joshua said, I don't know about you. You are still looking back 
from each one where you came from. The way you are carrying on, you're not carrying on as 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 you. You have you have resolved to serve God. You are still dilly-dallying. Well, I don't know about you, but as for me and my household, we will serve the living God. I'm talking about this morning that 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 heart shall be resolute. As I says, I have swept my face like a flint, I shall not be put to shame. Choices shall be made once and for all, and the door shut and closed forever. Because of the quest to gain the kingdom of God. There are three kinds of heart. Every time God's word is preached, it is when they see the soul, it falls on the wayside. The wayside heart is the heart that is that is too open to to to, to different thoughts, lost in mind. You know, when something is open, it's, 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 uh, when you're cooking and, 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 and you open the pot, the steam is just what escapes, all right? But when you close it, the, when it's closed, the, the meal gets cooked faster. When, when you have the heart of, of the website, it means you are exposed. You are not, you are not paying attention. And once you don't pay attention, you won't understand. So this morning, let your heart be where? In church. And they asked Jesus, who are the wayside? He said, that the ones who don't understand. And because they don't understand the word, the enemy comes and does what? And so it is not the problem of the seed or the word. It's because you don't understand why your heart is the wayside. That means everything noted. You are taking note. You don't say, oh, no, no, no. You say, I see, I see. Let it be to you a divine revelation. And let it be a thing that helps you to, to take a position of faith. The second heart is a stony. A stony heart is a heart that has no soil. But this morning, the Lord will break every fallow ground. It, it, it will break every stony heart. That the Lord of God will penetrate. That seed will go in and it will germinate in the name of Jesus. The third heart, it says the heart full of tongues. What are tongues? Worry. This morning, already we are in a cashless. Already there's trouble in the land. So don't worry about it. It's, it's, it's there already. But guess what? Take this word this morning. Let no worry. Let no anxiety. Let nothing. Let no trouble. Let no. Let nothing. Let, let no quarrel last night. Show this word. And lastly, it's a good heart. Really good heart. They receive the word. Say, receive the word. This morning, you will receive God's word and to produce it in you. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to come back to me right now. You're going to come up as we continue in this talk. And I will come back at the end. Praise of God. So open your heart this morning. And be ready to hear by God's word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, sir. Um, good morning, church. Good morning, church. Okay, everybody is cold. <laughs> Uh, we'll pray shortly before we start, but before we pray, I mean, everything Pastor just said now, rock solid, truth. And um, how many of us have heard of this name before? Yuval Harari Noah. How many of us have heard of this name before? If you've heard of it, let me see your hand. 
You've heard of it, eh? You've heard of him before? No, the full name. I'm not saying I've heard of the name Yuva. Of course, everybody has heard Noah before. That's not what I'm asking. Have you heard of this full name? Someone bearing this full name? Okay. Please, in case we forget, remind me. We'll watch a few videos about him. Now, uh, I don't even know where to start. There are a lot of things. There are too many things uh, playing out at the same time. But I want to encourage us this morning to have our minds in one place. You see, the things we be talking about today are things that are happening in our world already. They are not speculations. They are not conspiracy theory. Okay? It's not a theory. They are things that are happening as we speak. Okay. So yesterday, we started by looking at all these um, first slides. We talked about the uniqueness of biblical prophecy. Yeah. Let's pray this morning, quickly. Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you. And Lord, the reason why we humble ourselves in prayer again right now is because we are not ignorant of the devices of the enemy. We know, Lord, that the enemy hates to be exposed because he walks in darkness, he walks in secrecy, and he walks behind closed doors. Father, in your will... And in your leading, you've brought us to a point where we are going to discuss things concerning the end and exposing the works of darkness this morning, according to your word. And Father, by your authority, Lord, in this room and in this congregation, we agree as one and we come against every force of darkness and every agent of the devil and every contrary spirit that wants to shut the minds of people, that wants to distract them, and that wants to make their coming to church today or their listening online to be void, Father, we come against them in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask them and we command them to be silent. We command them to leave and we command them to be rendered useless over every child of God paying attention this morning, that your name will be glorified and will be built up in our faith. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. So we started yesterday by looking at all these slides, talking about the uniqueness of biblical prophecy, and we read through many scriptures, okay? And we came to a conclusion yesterday, which was like a summary, and um, the summary was this, okay? We looked at all the signs that point to the time of the end. Children, please listen. This concerns you. In fact, about children, let me quickly put this in for you. I came across a video yesterday of, um, uh, you know, YouTube Kids. Do we know YouTube Kids? If you subscribe on YouTube Kids now, there's an introductory video that they used to welcome you into YouTube Kids. And that video contains uh, like three or four children having a conversation. And ask me what the conversation is about. They're talking about gender things, queer, binary, gender binary, and all sorts of things. And one of the children has chosen to be queer. And the other children, they were like interviewing this child that why did he or she, whatever he is, it is, why is he queer or something? And this child was answering the other children why and was convincing them why. Introductory video to YouTube kids. 
So this concerns you. Don't say, this is for grown-ups, please. When I'm 40, I will listen. No. Listen. So, we summarized yesterday, and we said these are some of the things that the Bible instructs that we would expect in the time of the end. And quickly, let's just run through it before we go on this morning. The first one is deception on a massive scale, and that will be perpetrated by false Christ, false prophets, and false teachers within the church, by the way, and of course, some in cults out there. News of wars, rumors of wars, nation rising against nation. How many of us have been following up with the Ukraine-Russia thing? China, US, I mean, you see all the conflict going on. Famines, earthquake, pestilences in various places. You see the um, earthquake in Turkey, such as never happened before. I think the death roll is still counting. I mean, over tens of thousands right now, right? It's crazy. Widespread fear and uncertainty in the world. Pastor talked about that this morning. You see, cashless, moneyless, everybody's worried. Nobody knows what tomorrow holds. I mean, some of the clients I treat, they're... Uh, how do I say it now? There are people who have money in that sense. Even them, in the higher echelons of society, they are worried and they don't know what's up. They don't know what's coming next, you see. We have widespread hatred and persecution of true Christians. You see, it's already happening in many countries of the world. In Canada right now, where some of you might be hoping to relocate to, I hope you change your mind after today. They are arresting pastors who are speaking the truth. They are arresting people who are standing against the LGBTQ plus gay community. They are jailing them. They are filing lawsuits against churches who are refusing to marry gay couples. Okay, worldwide hatred. It's coming down here. I hope you know that. And let me say something about what Pastor said this morning about choosing where you live. You see, I don't know how many of us have seen interviews on CNN and uh, ABC News, where they interview some African leaders about the gay thing. I saw the interview with the Zambian president, and he was like, nah, he's not giving into this gay thing. He doesn't. I mean, the African leaders are not giving into it. Abby? Not only that, the African church leaders, the Anglican communion in uh, is it Sudan now, where the Pope went to visit recently, and Uganda. They refused. They threatened that they are going to break off from the Church of England. Now, that has to tell you that at least, even in, in Africa, if we, have own, if we have our own principalities fighting our economy, at least we have morals on our side. <laughs> so choose where you live. Anyways, the next one, we have wide practice of lawlessness everywhere, all over the place. I don't need to talk about that. We have a great falling away and betrayal among professed Christians. We'll talk about that in detail later on. And the gospel of the kingdom being preached to the ends of the earth as a witness. Hallelujah to that. And the unveiling of the Antichrist. Now, that Antichrist is connected to this man. Now, I'm not, talking, I'm not saying he's the Antichrist. But I want us to see some of the things this man is saying. And we'll see how the Bible talks about it. We'll link it. And you might be amazed. Honestly, you will be because I was amazed. <laughs> Okay, so he's also called the man of sin, the beast, the little horn, abomination of desolation. All of those terms are the Antichrist. Okay, and that is linked to the one world government. We'll talk about that later on. The one world religion and the great tribulation starting in Jerusalem and spreading all around the world. Okay, so now the important question is, are any of these signs happening as we speak right now? Someone said all of them. Well... I don't want to believe 
you are correct because you have knowledge. But I don't want to believe everybody here has the same knowledge. My prayer is that after today's presentation, all of us will be brought up to the same level. Amen. Okay. So this is where we're really starting from today. The spiritual conflict in the end times. We observe in the summary in the, of the Bible prophecies of the signs of the times that we saw in the previous page now, that it seems as if God is going to somehow permit the devil to have his way in the end times. My brother, don't sleep. We pray for you this morning. You can stand if you, if you really want to fight it. If you don't want to fight it, you can sit. It's your choice. But if you want to fight it, come on, fight it. So we see that it seems as if God is going to permit the devil to really have control in the last days. Because out of all the things we read just now, how many of them are positive? Earthquakes. They're the only one. The gospel of the kingdom being preached to the end of the earth. So it seems as if evil is having more influence in the last days. But that doesn't mean God has lost control. He's permitting it to happen to fulfill his sovereign will. And we see a scripture here, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains it will do so until he, until he is out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will kill, praise God, with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. We know that we are children of God and the world around us is under the control of the evil one. Okay, then. So we'll go on now to observe some ways in which Satan is having control. How many of us want to see? You want to see some ways in which Satan is having control. So two ways we're going to observe. First, we're going to observe how he's having control in the church. When I say church, like pastor, I choose my language carefully. When I say church, I mean the established organization of Christianity. Because whether you like it or not, Jesus has his own true church. People he knows and people that are departing from iniquity all the time. But we're talking about the, you know, the organization. And the second way we'll see how Satan is having control is in the world at large. Now, let's examine Satan's sway in the church first. And we'll talk about the rise of false prophets, the rise of false Christs or Messiah. How many of us know that Christ means Messiah? Uh, let's be on the same page for that because I'm putting Christ is Jesus, Jesus' son name and he was born by Mr. and Mrs. Christ. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, and we'll also look at false unity of religions and the falling away. So since the time after Jesus, the true Messiah, there have been at least, I did a little research and I counted, at least 73 false messiahs that have risen up in history. Of this number, about 28 have been from the Jewish people, while about 45 have been Gentiles, if you count down from the 17th century. Now, among the Gentile false Christ, we have some popular ones with us Nigerians here. How many of us have heard of Jesu Igbo? Guru Maraji of Lagos Ibada Express. Okay, and there's one recent one, I'll show us the video later. His name is Omawale Isaac. Very confident man, and he knows scripture, but um, I'll leave you to judge also, we see the church organization working for a false unity among all denominations and among all religions of the world. 
Now, this kind of thing is called ecumenism. Wherever you find that word ecumenism, it means a working together to unite all the religions of the world. Do you think that's going to work? Huh? Someone is doing like you, like I never work. Brahmano says it will work. How many of us think it will work to unite all the religions? You need to know your Bible because the Bible says it will work. Now, this is being spearheaded by Pope Francis and is backed up by many evangelical and Pentecostal clergy people, as you will see very soon. Now, we also see around us in greater rates an apostasy in contemporary movements. Now, when the Bible says apostasy, is a big word, but let me explain. Apostasy means when you turn away from the faith. Does that make sense? Okay, Paul calls it the falling away, turning away from the Christian faith to something else. Now, here are some movements here, and I'll just read through them and explain in a few seconds what they all mean, because I don't want to believe everybody here knows about these movements. Now, these are some movements that are encouraging and causing Christian apostasy in our day. We have the faith deconstruction movements. How many of us have heard of deconstruction? You are deconstructing faith. In fact, many Christian artists of today, some in Bethel Music and Hillsong, and some others in the American black gospel industry, they are beginning to deconstruct their faith, meaning you pull your faith aside and you start to examine it with another eye and you make your decision to turn against it. Okay, we have the Chrislam movement. Chrislam means uniting of Christianity and Islam together as one religion. We'll see some videos about that later. We have the ex-evangelical movement, meaning leaving the evangelical Christianity. We have the progressive Christianity. It means the same thing, okay, but with slightly different um, beliefs. We have the alternative worship. That's an interesting one. How many of us have heard of multisensory worship sessions? Multisensory. Interesting. They try to stimulate your senses in worship. You've heard of the gold dust thing. You see, you've heard of the angel wings thing. Imagine we have a worship concert and uh, people just see like gold dust, gold dust falling from the ceiling somewhere and it's blowing all over people and there's gold dust on people's body and they call it the glory cloud. They say, wow, our worship is ascending to heaven. See how gold dust is falling from heaven upon us. Now, it is called multi-sensory worship, and it's part of alternative worship. We have the extreme black Hebrew Israelite movement. Now, these ones are some set of black Americans who have taken their belief to a very big extreme, and they claim to be the Israelites, the lost tribes of Israelites. And much more than that, there seems to be some little truth in that, but much more than that, what they say is this, that nobody else can be saved apart from them. That's where the issue comes in. Now, we have the Faith to Faithless movement, which started in the UK. Now, it's an organization which helps and sponsors. Guess what? It's profit-free. It's non-profit. They help and they sponsor people who are turning away from religions to atheism and agnostic. And it's related to the next one, which is Dare to Doubt movement, same thing. Recovering from religion, organization, same thing, and postmodern Christianity movement. These ones believe that the Bible is evolving. 
They believe that you see all this language in the Bible, come on, that's old school. Right now, things should evolve. We've heard that before, right? And there are many other movements I couldn't fit into this PowerPoint. So now we shall take a look at some videos and news headlines that show some of these facts. Are we ready to see? Okay. Now, this is a picture of pictures of a false Christ of Russia. Look at this man. You see him on the right there sitting in his shrine. Okay, this is a false Christ. And don't even think about it that he doesn't have followers. This man has tens of thousands of people following him. Okay? You can see someone paying homage to him, they're worshipping him with candlesticks and stuff. He's another false Christ of Brazil. Okay, you see this man there. You see him on top of that roof. You see people paying him homage and, uh, and I don't know, many of their followers are women. Well, Eve syndrome, I call it. Okay, now this is a video of Omowale Isaac, a man called Omowale Isaac, who is the most recent, the most recent false messiah that we have in Nigeria. You've heard of Jesu Igbo, right? You've heard of Guru Maharaji. I introduced you to it, the latest one, Omowale Isaac. Now, I'm not going to play the entire interview because it's about 15 minutes long. If you want the full video, you can, you know, uh, buzz me later, I'll freely give you. Okay, and by the way, by the, um, at the end of today, if any one of us need this full presentation with the videos, I can give it to us. Okay, uh, the PDF file doesn't have the videos, obviously. Okay, but if you want the one with the videos and some other videos, I can please give it to you. If you have your flash or maybe next Sunday or something. Okay, is the sound ready? All right, let's try. Um, oh. All right. Today I am appearing before as the one and only Son of God. As Documented in the only living book, the Holy Bible, Revelation chapter 3, verse 17, chapter 2, verse 5, chapter 2, verse 7, chapter 2, verse 7, in the end of the book of Revelation. I repeat, I am. My mission here is to let the world know that Christ is back. Human beings are expecting Christ to return from the sky. Whatever you do here and you blow it out is the sky. People are expecting to see. In the book of Revelation, the seven seed, the seven seed, the only Bible, 
Let's go on. Sorry, the, the, the volume of this particular video is particularly low. That's why we're kind of struggling with the other videos are not like this. This particular video is kind of low. But I guess you heard most of what he said. He said the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is going to come down from heaven, from the skies. But that is symbolic, that the sky is coming from his, around us. And he has appeared right now as the Christ. Is that true? Okay. Let's go on. It's a 15-minute interview with Sahara TV. I can give you the full video if you want later on. But let's go on. Now, here is a video of Pope Francis right there on the left and the Grand Imam on the right. They're doing something funny. Let's see what they're doing. Is this court? Yes, the court. Or should I use my sound card? Huh? Yeah, no, it's um, how to go later. The sound will come out from the projector instead. Mom, Azar has already inspired concrete projects. For example, the Oasis of Mercy Orphanage in Cairo, Egypt's capital, is 50% complete. It's projected to be open next Christmas. Let's a copy of the Middle Ages we have will be added to a Marian shrine there. That goes up in the middle of the Christmas. Don't worry, it's Sorry, sorry, the whole uh, connection thing. Please, patient with us. Those online, please be patient with us. We're just trying to sort out uh, the audio connection. How many of us are looking forward to see these videos? I see these evidences. Yes, I'm looking forward to see. Okay. Let's uh this document entitled Human Fraternity for World Peace and Living Together, signed by Pope Francis and the Grand Imam of Al Azhar, has already inspired concrete projects. For example, the Oasis of Mercy Orphanage in Cairo, Egypt's capital, is 50% complete and is projected to be open next Christmas. A copy of Michelangelo's Pietà will be added to create a Marian shrine there. The beauty of this story is that in this moment of difficulty and crisis, a moment where many only speak about the negative, some people have decided to speak about the positive, and not only to speak about the positive, but to create something positive. The orphanage will be able to house 300 Egyptian children, where they will also be able to receive professional training. Francesco Mazzei, a knight of the Italian Republic and renowned chef, decided to join the project. With him, we will turn the orphanage's kitchen into a cooking school to teach these children and young people how to cook and show them that they too can become chefs. The Bambino Jizu Association of Cairo Project began as a result of a generous initiative by the United Arab Emirates and inspired by the document on human fraternity. Now, both Christian and Muslim donors have joined the association in creating new projects to serve others. The association hopes to lay the foundation for their next focus, 
the Bambino Juzu Hospital in Cairo soon. The hospital in Cairo will be supported by the Bambino Juzu Hospital in Rome and will be built following the model of this hospital. Therefore, doctors from Egypt will come to Rome to receive training. Although the dream of the human eternity document has already become a reality in Cairo, there is still a long way to go. But this association is a first step in creating a more unified world dedicated to serving others. Okay, we saw that. Okay, you see the Pope there and the Grand Imam signing a document called the Human Fraternity. And you see how they are coloring it up with good works, building hospital, orphanages. I mean, they have to do that. You set a trap for a mouse and you put naked trap. You think it will work. It won't. You need to put something that will attract it, right? So it's the same tactic the devil uses. Bambino Jesu that you saw means baby Jesus. Interesting. Let's go on. There's a lot to do. I'll see. Now you see this picture right here. In case you are thinking, ah, this is just the Pope. It's just the Catholic people. Those people are messed up. Well, here is one of the leading men of God of the Pentecostal movement. How many of us know him? Okay, many people don't know him. This is a man called Kenneth Copeland. You can Google him up. Okay, a pastor of one of the largest Pentecostal churches in the U.S. and is a spiritual father to many men of God in Nigeria as we speak. Okay, and you see the unity and diversity. You see them fraternizing with the Pope. And what he's doing here, actually, he came to meet with the Pope in the Vatican in Rome, and they were talking about this same human fraternity thing. Okay, and he was praying for the Pope on that picture by the left. Now, in case you're thinking this is photoshopped, well, here is a video of Kenneth Copeland's church and this same thing going on. I'm not going to play the whole thing. It's 14 minutes long. I'll just skip, skip, now, skip. I, I, I knew this for long. Uh, but, and I heard, I heard it from the Lord. But then I also know it now because of what I know. You're going to talk about tonight for a long You said you're going to talk about tonight for a long time. Now, here he's about to introduce a representative called Dr. Tony Palmer. Now, he's a reverend from the Catholic Church, and he's about to introduce him to come up stage. Because the Pope could not come to the church service that day, so the Pope sent a representative come and give a sermon concerning this merging of things. Okay, so then let me um, let me just skip a little bit. Oh, I can. uh, why can't I skip on this setting? And uh, Tony Palmer, some of you may know Tony. Tony and I go way back, but he's back, but he's gonna he's gonna be telling you the story. I asked him. I'm giving his testimony. He's got a special message for us tonight. So would you welcome Tony Palmer to this platform? Bishop, thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks for giving this opportunity to spend a couple of moments introducing to you something really, really special and historic. Now, why is it historic? Because in 1999, the Roman Catholic Church and the Protestant Lutheran Church signed an agreement that brought an end to the protest. Luther believed that we were saved by grace through faith. 
Hello? Amen. But that's not it. The Catholic Church believed that we were saved by work. Okay, let me pause here and say something quite uh, interesting. Now, this man explained, I'm trying to fast forward, but because of the projection, the setting has changed and I can't fast forward the, uh, the video. But let me explain what he said in essence. I have the video in case you want, you can come and get it afterwards. He preached a very short message talking about how um, the Protestant church broke out of the Catholic church. Who knows the story? Do we know the story? Martin Luther, right? Broke out from the Catholic church. Now, this man came and he said, hey, the protest that Martin Luther had is over. There's no more protest. Now, come back to the mother church. And he preached a very slimy message such that if you don't know your Bible well, you will be very deceived. He said, well, the Catholics used to believe that we're justified by works. You Protestants believe we're justified by grace through faith. Well, that's... Um, that truth be told, that whatever faith you have is proven by your works. That's true. But he tailored it down to this human fraternity nonsense. We must be careful. Mm. Anyways, let me go on because of time. All right. Um, so this is a video here talking about this same unity. La mayor parte de los habitantes del planeta se declaran creyentes. Esto debería provocar un diálogo entre las religiones. No debemos dejar de orar por él y colaborar con quienes piensan distinto. Confío en Buda. Creo en Dios. Creo en Jesucristo. Creo en Dios. Allah. Muchos piensan distinto, sienten distinto, buscan a Dios o encuentran En esta multitud, en este abanico de religión, hay una sola certeza que tenemos para todos. Todos somos hijos de Dios. Creo en el amor. Creo en el amor. Creo en el amor. Creo en el amor. Confío en vos para difundir mi petición de este mes. Que el diálogo sincero entre hombres y mujeres de diversas religiones conlleve frutos de paz y justicia. Confío en tu oración. They even have a worldwide prayer network. You see, and I'll hear some people say, let's pray for them. Really? Does the Bible say you should pray for this kind? Show me where it says so. It says no. Yeah, it said don't beat them Godspeed. How will you pray for them? What, are you, what will you pray for that they should turn? They are made up. And they are fulfilling prophecy, most importantly. <laughs> okay, now let's go on to some other news flash. The St. Pope Francis indicates support for same-sex civil unions. Now, this is as far back as 2020. You see the date right there on the top left of the screen. Okay? We see him again here. The Pope and Protestant leaders 
to be specific, Anglican leaders, they denounce anti-gay laws. That means laws that stand against gay. They say no to such laws, that the such laws are wrong. You see, Pope Francis and the leaders of the Protestant Church in England and Scotland have denounced the criminalization of homosexuality. Speaking to reporters after visiting South Sudan, the Pope said such laws were a sin and an injustice. He added people with homosexual tendencies are children of God and should be welcomed by their churches. Is that true? His comments were backed by the Archbishop of Canterbury and the moderator of the Church of England. That's the Anglican Communion. And that was, uh, sorry, Scotland. Uh, that, that was um, BBC News, February 5 of this year. Now, you saw in that video that the Pope said we are all children of God. Is that true? The Bible says we are children of God only through faith in So let's not put scripture out of context. Sorry, Mr. Pope. All right, you see the same uh, Mr. Pope right there again, fraternizing with, you see the grand imams here, the Sunni and the Shiites. I hope we know that Muslims also have denominations. Uh, so whenever a Muslim friend of yours uh, argues with you that, hey, why are you telling me to join? Why are you telling me to believe in Christ? People have too many denominations telling you what you are. <laughs> we see him fraternizing with Hindu priests. You see that man in orange, the Hindu priest. You see the Buddhists right there. On his left, the man in black, the short Chinese man doing like this as the Buddhist priest, and you see some uh, Pentecostal people at the back there. Anyways, let's go on. Okay, have we heard of the Abrahamic family house? Okay, few people have, but most people haven't. Now, I'll play a video of this after this slide. Now, this is a house, uh, it's an interfaith complex, Sadiat Island in Abu Dhabi. Okay, in case you are thinking of relocating to Abu Dhabi. The undertaking was inspired by the document of human fraternity, that document we saw that they were signing, Grand Imam and Pope, you see. It will house the St. Francis Church of Assisi, I mean, St. Francis of Assisi Church, Imam Al-Taid Mosque, and Ben Dadada Synagogue. Okay, so these three complexes represent the church, mosque, and synagogue of the Jews. The three faiths that similarly connect and relate to Abraham. That's why they call it the Abrahamic family house. Do we understand? You know the Jews respect Abraham. The Muslims also respect Abraham. And Christians also. Uh -huh. So I want us to be on the same page. Now, the project completion rate was 20% as of June 2021. Wow, imagine how far they would have gone by now. Anyway, let's go on. Now, let's watch a video on this. Very grand, right? It's very beautiful. Mosque there, no chairs, no nothing. You know how that that's our mosque. This is the mosque. 
Let me straight to the church. See how the church looks. All in the same compound. So guess what? You can literally, in fact, you can worship in mosque today. Say next weekend I'm going to synagogue. Next weekend I'm going to church. See how the church looks like. Very grand. Look at the ceiling. My goodness. See the fake cross there. Cross without the Christ. <laughs> okay, you see the pews. You know we like sitting down in church or not. Any bench warmers. The mosque no seat. Church, plenty seats for you to sit down warm your bum. See the Jewish synagogue right there. You know, they design all these buildings to have very tall and lofty ceilings. You see, psychologically, what that brings to you is this feeling of connection with the divine. You know, there's a way you see many of all these cathedrals that they have long pointed tops. It's deliberate. Look at the place. That's the complex. Interesting. So like Pastor said earlier, in case you're thinking of relocating to Dubai, Think twice, because you might be uh, drafted in to be one of their congregants. Okay. There it is, the Abrahamic family house. Okay, let's go on. Now, in case you are wondering that, ah, these things are happening out there now. It's not, how does it affect me in Nigeria? Well, here's a news flash for you. Have you heard of the Ecumenical Center in River State? Okay. River State government hands over Ecumenical Center to Khan, Christian Association of Nigeria. Governor Wiki charges Khan, and he said, we promise to build a center where people from different faiths, meaning different religions, will meet to worship God. This is a job we have paid for 100%. He urged Christians to unite under the banner of Christ, saying that Rivers is unapologetically a Christian state. Is that true? <laughs> you know, I, I laugh at people who say Islamization of Nigeria. Dedicating this center, the GO of the RCCG, Pastor Enoch Adeboe, commended Governor Wiki for doing what no other governor has done. Wow, what a commendation. He prayed that the ecumenical center will become a center of miracle where people will always find solutions. Miracle center. Not a center to learn godliness. Not a center of righteousness. Not a center where people learn the ways of Jesus the Messiah. But a center for miracles. Okay, in case you are thinking this is just words. Let's have evidence. Now that's the center right there. Right there in River State. Mr. Pepe, right in right your state. <laughs> yeah. Why are you looking sad, man? <laughs> okay, that was the day of the commissioning of the center. They commissioned it right there, and you can see Gio, okay, the governor Wiki, you see him kneeling down again, praying for the place to be a miracle center. Uh, you see uh, former first lady right there, 
You see that Mr. False Prophet, I'm not ashamed to call him a false prophet. Anywhere, anytime. I'm very bold about it. Even if I don't mention any minister's name, I can mention his name. Yes. Mr. False Prophet, if you see him right there. Gladly honoring the occasion. Now, in case you're thinking also that these are just pictures, maybe it was photoshopped. Well, there was a program that held a few years back in Nigeria, called not in Nigeria, out of Nigeria, that is called The Mandate. But let's see what happened there. Sorry for all the shenanigans at the beginning. I wish I could fast forward, but not. Now, listen and read what the line and then and he changed everything. And uh, in addition to saying that, I appeal that the second one here has been seriously considered having a relationship with Jesus Christ. If we look at the whole world, it's really the other time. I have a rough idea of what was sent into this world. I've not even started just beginning to scratch the surface. Yes, he wants me to be an instrument in his hand that maybe to accept every nation in the world. He wants me to work so hard and by his grace in every family in the world that is in the country. But I believe that I'm just a small part of my assignment. I believe the bigger part of the assignment is beginning to surface. That's why you can see here today several people of different faith gathering together. Because I believe God wants to use me to bring together religious leaders. Thank you. 
Okay, now, yeah, it's right here. Don't point finger and say, ah, that one is happening abroad, you cannot reach it. Ah, yeah. Now, if there's any man of God in Nigeria that is widely respected by every denomination in Nigeria, it's him, correct? Now, this is not an indictment directly against him. I respect him in some ways because I believe he started out right. But you see, this is what happens when we decide to ignore some certain aspects of scripture that are not palatable. You see, things we're talking about this morning are not things that you hear in many churches, correct? Correct? Yeah, because it's not palatable. Nobody wants to hear that I don't want to jump up. Nobody wants to hear one word religion, one word government. So we ignore it. So when we ignore it, we lose sight of it. And when we lose sight of it, we cooperate. And you fulfill evil prophecy. Okay, let's go on. We don't have time. All right. Now, still on Satan's sway. Remember where we started from? This is Satan's sway where? In the church. Now, this is as far back as 2003. A man named Jim Robinson was the first non-celibate, openly gay person ordained as a bishop. Documented in the entire Christian history. 2003. How many years ago? 20 years ago. They've been on this. Okay, now this is uh, some Christian denominations in Zurich, Switzerland, last year, protesting for gay rights. Not against it, but for it. Okay? This is another picture of uh, the Church of the Pilgrims in Washington, D.C., indicating its support for the LGBTQ rights. Now, you see that rainbow flag in front? And can I say this quickly? That symbol rainbow for the LGBTQ community, I hope you know it's not the complete seven-color rainbow. It has six colors, not seven. They are communicating something there. Anyways, don't let me say what I want to say because it might fly over some people's heads, but let's leave it there. But it's an insult against God. Remember from your Bible that the rainbow signifies what? God's mercy. God, God promised to keep his mercy, not to destroy the world with water anymore. Do we remember that story? Yeah, Noah's flood, right? Children, you remember? So these people seize hold of this symbol and they shortchange it by one color from seven to six, number of man, and they decide to use it for conversion. Wow. Let's go on. This is another church in New York City, okay, and they are affirming LGBTQ people, okay? This is another church right there uh, in Houston, Texas, Okay, also welcomes LGBTQ identifying people. You see the little flag there, down there, beside the fence. Okay, you see that little flag beside the gate. Okay, this is another, now this is as far back as 2014. You know what they call the Gay Pride Parade? They hold some certain carnivals abroad, and they call them Gay Pride Parade. Now, they are parading their LGBTQ convictions. You see men dressed like women, you see women dressed like men, you see them you know, paint their bodies in colors, you know, you see them even some strolling naked, you know, parading for these rights. But would it, uh, would it amaze you that some Christians actually joined them in their parade? That's the picture you're seeing up there. And in fact, the Christians were not ashamed to carry their banner. See, Washington National Cathedral in a, great, in a gay parade. 
But anyway, let's go on. Now, this is a news flash. October last year, Fox News. A church actually sponsored an LGBTQ pride event. And not only that they sponsored it, but this event was targeted at kids, children, and the church actually sponsored it. And not only that, this event also contained what they call drag shows. How many of us have heard of drag queens? Okay, drag queens are actually men that dress like women. They use corsets you know, to enforce that figure is there. And they dress like women, wear makeup, wear wigs, wear high heel shoes, and they dance like women, do you know, dance at the strippers pole and all of that. They call themselves drag queens. Now, I didn't want to populate this slide too much, but there are drag queens right now leading worship in churches in the US. Drag queens organizing what they call drag worship in the US. In case you are thinking of going to the US. Okay. Now there's another short video here. Now, some of us might know this man right here. Not this man, but the man he's interviewing. That's the interviewer. But I want us to watch it's a five-minute video, but be patient and watch most of it before we go on. A question coming in from uh, Black185 in our, in our uh, digital community. So do you, do you think, I'm assuming, uh, LGBT community and the Black church can coexist? Absolutely. I, I, let me push that question, because that, that's sort of the obvious, yes, church ain't turning nobody away. How should the Black church and the LGBT community exist? I think it's going to be diverse from church to church. Every church has a different opinion on the issue, and every gay person is different. And I think that to to speak the church, the Black church or white church or any kind of church you want to call it, are all the same is totally, totally not true. And all gay people are not the same. The, the types of relationships that are afforded are based on the types of people in each individual case. Yeah. And LGBTs of whites and sorts have to find a household of worship that reflects what your views are and what you believe like anybody else. And the church should have the right to have its own convictions and values. If you don't Right, I've been given a piece of advice here, which I find useful. Um, let me just explain what's going on. Like I said, if you want the videos, I have it somewhere here. Now, we, how many of us know this man? If you know him, wave your hands. Okay, most of us, thank God. Now, you heard what he said. The interviewer said, you know, how about LGBTQ and black churches? What, of, what re relationship can they have? And they coexist. That means can they, you know, partly together? And Mr. T.D. Jake said, yes, of course. Absolutely. In fact, 1,000%, according to him. He used the word absolutely. And more than that, he said these churches, and he said these people should be able to find churches that reflect their opinions and their values. I thought that opinion should change to Christ. It's okay. Now, there is much more for us to actually look at under Satan's way in the church. But I think that will suffice for now. And I think that's enough evidence to spur us on to more research. And for some of us here who are lukewarm, and when you see Pastor jumping and you know, preaching and losing his voice, maybe you might start to think that, wow, maybe he actually knows what he's saying. Maybe you might want to think twice and you know, get fired up for God also and stop being lukewarm. Okay. Now let's go on to examine Satan's sway in the world at large. Now, how many of us have heard of the General Council of the 1700s? 
Mm. Oh, you have, Mark. Very good. And how many of us have heard of the 10-point plan of the New World Order that was put together in the 1800s? Okay, you have to. Very good, Mark. Now, let me say this quickly, that you see all the things we're seeing today, all this gay, blah, 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 United Nations, blah, 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 nah, 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 nah. all these plans did not just start in the last 30, 20, 50, even 100 years. The plan has started in nothing less than 300 years ago. And we're going to examine what the plan is. Now, I believe God is so gracious to expose these things to us because, you see, the church of God is also an army. Apart from being a family, we're also an army. And you see, every good army has intelligence reports. Remember the story of Elisha, the king of Syria. Okay, Elisha had an intelligence report from heaven about what the enemy was doing in their camp. And by that, God's people had the victory. Correct? So also, I believe God is doing the same in our day. He's giving us intelligence reports about what's going on in the enemy's camp so that we can know how to wage a good warfare in our generation. Does that make sense? Yes, and we're without excuse. Wow. About that, the scripture you said earlier about Eve. You know, Eve told God, the serpent deceived me. But did that excuse prevent the curse from coming on her? So you won't say, God, that pastor deceived me. Yeah. The judgment will still land on you. Wow. Okay, now, scripture says in Psalm 2, very interesting scripture. It says, why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile, empty plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. The word there is Messiah, Christ. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. That's what these people are doing. They're trying to break God's restrictions. You see, God says male, female. They said, no, we don't want that restriction. We want more genders. Okay, let's go on. Now, talking about the great general council of the 1700s. Now, this was revealed by Roger J. Morneau, a Canadian man who was into the high levels of Satanism and later became a Christian in his life. And it was revealed in his book titled A Trip into the Supernatural, and it was published in 1982. Now, a little bit about this man, for some of us who have not heard of this man's name. Now, this man is a Canadian, and he was, um, uh, he was a Navy officer, but also into broadcasting, okay? And he was struggling with life, he was struggling to really make it like many people are today. And from there, he stumbled on some friends who were into the occult. And they introduced him to the occult, Satanism to be precise. You know, there are several branches of the occult. Freemason, but they are all the same anyway, but different denominations. <laughs> and they introduced him to Satanism. And this guy was taken to meetings where rituals, ritual ceremonies were held, human sacrifices, child sacrifices, pregnant women sacrifices, child rape, gay sex was going on in these ceremonies. He saw many wild things. In fact, in some of the meetings, he saw some fallen angels and demons manifest physically in their meetings. Crazy secret meetings. But some way, somehow, this man was plunged into depression later in life after some years of joining this occultic you know, group. And somehow he was dissatisfied with life. 
and he was at the point of suicide. And fortunately for him, a friend of his at work got concerned. Now, what's wrong with you? Why are you like this? He shared his problem with his friend, and his friend preached the gospel in return. And he got convinced, and he believed. So ever since he believed, he made up his mind that he was going to give himself to a steady ministry of intercession and prayer, and also to expose the enemy with all what he saw back then when he was in that crazy group. So that's what gave birth to that book. Now, that's a picture of the book right there. But let's read that slide. So now, what's this council about? In the 1700s, how many years ago is that? 1700 to now? 300 years. Wow. Right, 300 years plus. Yes. Satan called a great world council for all his angels, fallen angels and demons, to lay out a master plan for the conversion of the world to his side. The purpose was to ready his forces just before the last great controversy between himself and Christ. He told them that his special target was to be America, the only nation that professes to trust in God. And do you remember that this was the period of time that America got independent? Do you remember, for those of us who know history? Okay, this council was to prepare and train his angels and demons on how they were to work and how to prepare the world's people for the great industrial age hmm. and a greater age to follow of great scientific discoveries that would change the way everybody would live, which would usher in the last final great controversy between good and evil. Do you know what industrial age means? It means a certain period of time in history when there was a rapid technological advancement. Now, to back up what Pastor said earlier on, let me ask us a question. From the days of Noah after the flood up until the time Jesus came, what was the mode of transportation? On land, what was the mode on land? Donkeys, horses, camels, chariots. Yes, on our sea, it was what? Ships that were driven by the wind, right? Yes, sailboats. Thank you, Mark. Now, that's from Noah to Jesus. How many years is that? Give or take historically, that's about nothing less than 2,000 years. Let's just say. Now, from the time of Jesus up until the 1900s, how many years is that? 1,900 to 2,000 years. What has been the mode of transportation? How have people moved on land? Horses, donkeys, camels, chariots. On the sea, sailboats driven by the wind. Okay, now. Look at the time of 1950 up until today. How many years is that? Give or take 70 years, right? 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 70 years. Now, what has the mode of transportation been? Cars, not only cars, airplanes, not only airplanes, airplanes, submarines, bullet train. I mean, we could go on and on. Internet, da da da. Now, let me ask us a very vivid question. For 4,000 years plus, everything remained the same. But in the last 70 years, 
Doesn't that tell you something? Doesn't that tell you something? What changed? What entered into the world? Why hasn't man been so smart to advance himself all these thousands? Why suddenly this? Well, the answer is what we're talking about today. Let's go on. Now, that's the book, like I said. Now, let's go on with this counter. What happened there? Satan said he would devise ways whereby he would disqualify, whereby people will disqualify themselves from being members of Christ's kingdom. This was to be accomplished by, one, bringing about a great industrial age, like we said, introduce Christian idolatry, deceive people into believing about a coming glorious new age, a utopia, united nature, uniting the world, peace, safety, everything will be good without God. Now, the plan would involve the following, to deceive people about the existence of Satan and his angels so they would not believe that they exist. Do you know that Satanists actually don't believe that Satan exists? They worship him as Lucifer. They don't believe in the evil creature called Satan. They believe Lucifer is God. Okay, and many, many other occultic groups like that. You wonder why witches and wizards persist in what they do. They don't believe that what they are doing is evil. They believe that the spirits of the ancestors, whatever they are doing, they are good spirits. They've been deceived to think that Satan doesn't exist. Anyways, to have total control over the minds of people through hypnotism, we'll talk about that very soon, to destroy the Bible without burning it through the theory of evolution. Children, have you heard of evolution before? Okay, good. Is he only talk for me? Children, have you heard of evolution? They teach it in school, so don't pretend. If you've done uh, basic science, biology, you'd have heard of it by now. Anyways, you'll see very soon. And hypnotism, like we see. Now, to set Satan's plan in motion, Satan started by taking control of people's minds through hypnosis. At the time of the council in 1700, hypnosis was only used in occultic services. Satan said he was going to bring it out into the open and make it into a science, make it appear to be of benefit to mankind, scientifically acceptable. He explained how he would gain people's trust by healing disease, introducing it into medical practice for healing disease, alleviating mental problems, using it for patient for surgery and solving crime. He told the council that through this avenue of mysticism, mysticism means practicing of strange science, okay? He would would dechristianize the Western world. This bears heavily, as you will soon see, on the beginnings of the theory of evolution. In order to begin this movement, Satan chose a certain doctor. What's the name of the doctor? Franz Mesmer. You see his picture very soon. To bring hypnosis to the forefront and to be accepted as legitimate, you see, using it in his medical practice. It was first called animal magnetism. I want to check that out on your own later. Then later it was known as mesmerism. Have you ever heard the word to mesmerize? You mesmerize someone. Yeah, to dazzle the person, to fascinate the person out of reality. Yeah, it came from this man's name, and it's connected to hypnosis. Now, by the time Mesmer died in 1815, many European doctors were using hypnosis to anesthetize their patients for surgery. He was also friends with Hayden and Mozart. I put that in for some of us who are into music, just for knowledge sake. Now, that's a picture of Dr. Mesmer for you. You see him right there on the top right. Okay, and now you see these pictures on on the lower sections. 
That was uh, some paintings of Dr. Mesmer performing hypnosis on his patients. Look at these pictures for a moment. These pictures look more spiritual than scientific to me. I mean, look at the reaction of this woman in the middle. Almost like laying on of hands. The devil counterfeits everything of God. See that woman there being slain, so to say. There's much to say about that, but let me keep quiet. You see, hypnosis, you know, swaying them out of reality. That's what hypnosis does. Hypnosis just hypnotizes you out of reality. Your mind becomes blank, and your mind is ready to accept any kind of suggestions. For example, if, if they hypnotize someone here right now, the person will just stare like this, and whatever command they give that person at that moment, if they say, go right now downstairs, slap the receptionist, collect his phone and bang it on the floor, that person will do it. It's not scientific, that's spiritual. There's something strange going on. Huh? It's demonic, to be specific. Now, that's hypnosis for you. Okay? Now, one of the patients that Dr. Mesmer actually worked on was a popular name. Charles Darwin. How many of us have heard of Charles Darwin? Theory of evolution. Okay, so one of those patients was Charles Darwin, through whom Satan chose to introduce the theory of evolution. Through hypnosis, the enemy gained control of Darwin's mind. He well knew Darwin had a fertile mind and that he would probably take his mental suggestions and develop them into an effective weapon against God's word. Mm. This is what Satan meant when he told the council that he would destroy the Bible without burning it. You see, in the past, before this time, there was a lot of Bible burning going on. The Pope, in the time of Martin Luther, in the time of you know, the reformers, the open Bibles. But you see, Satan saw that this thing is going nowhere. Because the more he burned Bibles, the more Bible spreads. <laughs> the more he killed Christians and burned Bibles, the more the gospel spread. So he said, you know what, let's devise another plan. Instead of burning it, let's make it of no effect by science. All right. Now, he outlined to them just how he would use evolution to destroy man's belief in the creation week. The fact that God created the world in seven literal days, according to Genesis 1. The fall of man and the plan of redemption. He said everyone teaching this theory was to be blessed by him. That's the theory of evolution, was to be blessed by Satan and would be given great power to induce spiritual blindness. Wow, no wonder so many people are swayed when these professors talk. They'll be given power to convince and to convert. You see, as we can see, the enemy has been most successful in the past years, since the inception of the evolutionary model by Charles Darwin in the mid-1800s. People who believed it have been continually turned towards discrediting the biblical account of a literal, creation week of seven days duration now that's a picture of charles darwin right there. okay children once you get to that topic in school i'm sure they, they might show you this picture if your school uses a projector okay that's charles darwin that's him in his younger years on the left that's him when he was very old on the right and right in the center right there that is the theory of evolution for some of us who are not science students the theory of evolution let me just simplify it it has many parts but the theory is simply that man came from monkeys. 
that over billions of years, monkeys transformed into human beings. Yes, I didn't want to complicate it. <laughs> I wanted to make it very simple. <laughs> okay, exactly. Your question becomes, where did the monkeys come from? They will tell you, well, the monkeys came from reptiles. Reptiles like crocodiles, lizards, snakes. And where did those ones come from? And those ones came from the fishes in the sea. And where did the fish in the sea come from? And those ones came from little microorganisms somewhere. Okay, where did that one come from? Now they refer you to a single cell. Now, where did the single cell come from? They say, oh, well, the thing is, there's something called the Big Bang. That's how the world began. Well, there they get hooked. Okay, let's go on. That's Charles Darwin for you. Now, let's conclude on this general council. Now we know what went on behind the scene and why the Genesis account of the Bible has been under constant attack by the enemy to undermine man's belief and his worship of an omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent God. Behind the scene, pulling intellectual strings has been Satan. How many of us know puppets? You remember how they control puppets with strings? You see those puppets moving while they are on stage. But anyone who knows better would know that those puppets are not moving on their own. There is a human being pulling the strings and controlling them. You see, you watch Sesame Street, you watch Barney and Friends. You think it's that big purple doll that is dancing. No, there's a human being inside controlling it. So also, all we see are scientists, doctors, researchers, politicians. But behind them, they are just the puppets. Behind them is Satan, his fallen angels, and the demons pulling the strings. Okay? Now, see what the Bible has to say to this. Oh, Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoid profane and vain empty babblings, means arguments, and oppositions of what? Of what? Science, falsely so-called, because it's not true science. True science will acknowledge God. Which some professing have urged concerning the faith, praise be with you. Amen. Now, let's go on. There's a lot. Are we tired? Are we tired? I hope not, though. There's still, there's still a lot to say. Now, from the 1700s, something happened in the 1800s. Satan did a follow-up on his plan. He didn't give up. Now, what was the follow-up? This woman you can see right here, her name is Alice Bailey. Now, this woman right here was an occultist in a sect called Theosophical Movement. Now, forget the big name. Just know that it is satanic. Now, let's read about her. She was born in 1880, died in 1949. She was a writer and a lecturer on neo-theosophy. That's New Age, New Age movement. She was born in England, on and on and on. She was the high priestess and the prophetess of the New Age movement. Okay? That movement that Oprah Winfrey and the rest of them are promoting today. She was a prolific author of occultism and founded an international esoteric movement. She founded the publishing company called Lucifer Trust. And it was later changed to Lucy's Trust. And ask me why it was changed. There was a lot of suspicion going around, so they had to tweak it a bit. Anyway, still there in New York till today. Alice Bailey received messages from a spirit guide. She called Dujual Cool. I repeat that name in Jesus' name. Now, New Age people call some certain spirits spirit guides. Now, these are demons in essence. But what do these spirit guides do? They guide them through life. 
spirit guide. So children, when you hear someone in school say spirit guide, don't be deceived. They're demons. But the New Age people call it spirit guide. Now, Alice Bailey received messages from this particular demon. One of the messages she received, among many, was the 10-point plan for the New World Order. Now, let's see what it contains. Wow. Now, we're going to explore these plans gradually. Oh, it's changing here, but it's not changing there. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, so this is a summary of the 10 plans. But we're going to explore them one by one. But let's read through it. Number one, take, let's read it together. Take God and prayer out of the education system. Number two, reduce parental authority over the children. Number three, destroy the Judeo-Christian family structure or the traditional Christian family structure. Four, if sex is free, then make abortion legal and make it easy. Five, make divorce easy and legal. Free people from the concept of marriage for life. Wow. Six, make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. Seven, debase art. Make it run mad by art. I mean, in a day, there was no television and all. So it's arts they used, but you'll see later on as we go on that this actually was taken by the United Nations and they're still, anyway, let's go on. Number eight, use media to promote and change mindsets. Nine, create an interfaith movement. We saw some of that last time. 10, get governments to make all these one to nine law and get the church to endorse the changes because they know the church is the only one that will stand in the way. Wow, what a plan. You are sitting here doing bench warming. Wow. Okay, let's take number one first. I'll read it quickly. Take God and prayer out of the education system. Now, Alice said, change curriculum to ensure that children are freed from the bondage of Christian culture. Why? Because children go to school to be equipped to face life. They are willing to trust and they are willing to value what is being given to them by their teachers. If you take God out of education, they would unconsciously form a resolve that God is not necessary to face life. They would focus on those things the school counts them worthy to be passed on, and they would look at God as an addition. That's if you can afford the addition. Imagine. You see, today in some schools, they have what they call transcendental meditation. Uh, and they combine it with yoga, and they bring it to classes. And teachers will tell the students, let's close our eyes, empty your mind, meditate, take a certain posture, do like this, cross your legs while you sit. Okay. We see what the focus is there. Now, the next one, quickly. So reduce parental authority over the children. Now, Alice said, break the communication between parent and child. Why? so that parents do not pass on their Christian traditions to their children. Liberate children from the bondage of their parents' tradition. And how do they accomplish this? Promote excessive child rights. You see, today, if a child says, I do not want to hear that, I don't want to do what you're telling me, teachers cannot talk to children or to tell them to do whatever. Children must step up and say, I have my rights. You cannot talk to me like that. And this was a law that was passed in South Africa 
as far back as 1997-98, of course, from the Western world. Now, another method they plan to use to accomplish this is to stop corporal punishment. Corporal punishment means flogging. Do they flog in your school? Okay. Do they flog in your school? No. It's part of the plan. <laughs> now, of course, some teachers overdo it. Some teachers overdo it. Yes, I know. But um, see, the book of Proverbs says do what? Spare the rod, spare the child. By the rod of correction, foolishness is driven far away from the heart of a child. Okay. I leave that with you. Now, teachers are the agents of this implementation. From workshops, teachers tell children, your parents has no right to force you to pray or read the Bible. You are yourself. You have a right of your own. You need to discover yourself. Self-expression, self-realization, self-fulfillment, self-love, all of these self-self messages, they are all the buzzwords of today. You see, in the West, don't let me read that. Let me refer to what Pastor said last week. Do we remember what he said about children having decisions not to allow their parents to mind their health anymore at a certain age? At the age of 12, Interesting. Let's go on. Now, the next one says, destroy the Judeo-Christian family structure. That means, you know, Judaism-Christian okay, structure or the traditional Christ, uh, Christian family structure. Now, why are they doing this? Alice said, it is oppressive and that the family is the core of the nation. She said the Christian family structure is oppressive. And she acknowledges that the family is the core of the nation. If you break the family... You break the nation, liberate the people from the confines of this structure. Now, how do they plan to do this? Number one, to promote sexual promiscuity. Free young people to the concept of premarital sex. Let them have free sex. Lift it so high that the enjoyment of this, which is sex, is the highest joy in life. Fantasize it. That people will feel proud to be seen to be sexually active, even those outside marriage. Is that happening today? I mean, talk about TikTok. Use advertising industry, media. Now, it was the United Nations that added this bit. TV magazine, because there was no TV analysis time. A TV magazine's film industry to promote sexual enjoyment as the highest pleasure in humanity. Wow. Have they succeeded? Have they done it? I mean, let me just summarize what that little bit says. It's saying that if you look at adverts of today, look at many adverts of today, from adverts of food, to adverts of soap, to adverts of cars, to adverts of real estates, and every other advert, you see that they sexualize everything. There'll be one young, attractive lady who is wearing something skimpy or something tight, you know, talking about real estate, talking and doing like this in the so-called estate in Lekki. And you're wondering, what does this have to do with me buying a house? I mean, they advertise non-MagiQ, and you have some, you know, and you're wondering, what does this have to do with me eating? Okay, but that's the plan for you. Now, the advertising industry is actually a multi-billion dollar machine that shapes and controls ideas. Now, do you know that companies actually spend more on advertising and even their product a lot? Okay, let's go on. Now, the next one says, if sex is free, then make abortion legal and make it easy. Now, Alice said, build clinics for abortion, health clinics in schools. If people are going to enjoy the joy of sexual relationship, they need to be free of unnecessary fears. In other words, they should not be hampered with unwanted pregnancies. 
Let's get that out of the way. You hear of the Roe versus Wade in the U.S. that was overturned recently. Thank God for God for, for prayers of God's people. But guess what? They are protesting against it to bring it back. And it will come back, actually. Just a matter of time. Abortion, as told by Christians, is oppressive. That's what Alice said. She said abortion, like we are preaching, is not good. It's oppressive. That's not, it's oppressive. It's evil. And it denies our rights. We have a right to choose whether we want to have a child or not. If a woman does not want the pregnancy, she should have the freedom to get rid of that pregnancy as painless and as easy as possible. Now, there's a movement called eugenics. That little word in the bracket there. I won't say much about it, but it's spearheaded by Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. In fact, Bill Gates' father was the pioneer of the eugenics movement. Eugenics simply means they are trying to control human population in the world by any means. Because they say that the resources in the world are not enough for the population. Is that true? That's a lie. That's a lie. They say, they talk about climate control. It's a lie. Okay. There's a lot, like I said, but let's just stay with. Now, make divorce easy and legal. Free people from the concept of marriage for life. Now, Alice wrote more than 50 years ago that now, this publication is, is not um, recent, like, like in the 90s, so that's why they say more than 50 years ago. That love has got a mysterious link called the love bond. It's like an ovum that comes out of the ovary as it travels through your system. It clicks love. Now, let me skip all this story. Let me explain what's going on here. Alice simply said that there is something called the love bond in humans. And that love bond can be broken and reunited at will. So therefore, if you are dating someone or if you are married to someone, you guys have a love bond, right? But if you see that the love bond, you hear things like irre irreconcilable differences. Yeah, this is where it came from. If the love bond is getting weak, somehow you can, that love bond has been broken. You know that it has been broken and you have the right to go to someone else and recreate another love bond. And they link this to the teaching of Yoruba people. They link it to uh, 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 something Amutorunwa. You know that there's a spouse that has been ordained for you from the spirit realm. But that's a lie. But anyway, let's go on. So she says that if you don't have a love bond with your spouse anymore, that means that person is not your destined spouse. So you can break it and look for the other person. That's the teaching of the new age. Now, make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. Alice Bailey preached that sexual enjoyment is the highest pleasure in humanity. Now, you will notice that many of these occultic people, there is something about sex, 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 sex. Sex is like a big gateway for occultic rituals and powers. I kid you not, in many of all these occultic ceremonies, they have what they call sexual orgies, where men sleep with men, women with women on their altar, with blood everywhere. Now, she said no one must be denied and no one must be restricted on how they enjoy themselves. People should be allowed in whichever way they want, whether it is homosexuality or incest or bestiality. Bestiality is having sex with animals. She said as long as they agree. How do you know the animal agrees? Anyways, stupid question. Many nations around the world are passing laws that legalize homosexual and gay marriage. We know that already. Let's just move on. Now, debase art and make it run mad. Alice understood that arts 
are one of the primary keys to change culture. Is that true? Yes, she's correct. And how do they plan to achieve this? Well, promote new forms of art which will corrupt and defile the imagination of people because art is the language of the spirit. Wow, choir members, you remember our talk? That which is inside, you can bring out in painting, in music, in drama. Look at the quality, spirituality, and message of the art, music, and films that are coming out. Now, how many of us still watch secular music videos? I hope not. I mean, if you watch music videos of today, you are watching soft pornography, actually. It's wild. But it's not coincidence. It has been planned. How many of us watched the last Grammy Awards? was wild. In fact, it was so wild that even secular news reporters had to say, ah, ah, there's something demonic in this thing. People who are not even Christians acknowledge that, nah, this has gone overboard. With Sam Smith doing his performance, you see, his performance of the song titled Unholy. And you see him, you know, based in some kind of uh, uh, costume that looks blood red and all the dancers with horns and stuff like that. You saw the Leonas X, okay, with the Nike shoes that had only about 666 copies alone, sponsored by Nike, and had human blood, real human blood. Some of us are like, well, maybe this is why you're lukewarm. You don't know things. That's why we're exposing it, so that you can wake up. <laughs> Amen. Let's go on. Now, use media to promote and change mindset. Alice said, the greatest channel you need to use to change human attitude is media. Use the press, the radio, TV, cinema. You can tell today how successful they have been in implementing this plan over the last 50 years. Now, what controls or who controls the media? The New World Order. Wherever you see NWO in this presentation, means New World Order. Are we together? So much money is pumped into the media and advertising and the spreading of violence, pornographic material, and other sources. Sex outside of marriage is thrown on your face 90 or 80 to 90 times more than sex in marriage. Isn't that true? How many movies do you see them glorify sex in marriage or long-lasting marriages? Very few movies or series. See, promiscuity is being promoted as natural. You watch gay sex on TV, but that's not here yet in Nigeria, but in the US it's true. I can never forget the last time I visited my brother in Houston. This is as far back as 2014. And I was, I mean, I'm, I've always been a night crawler since school. And this was after my youth service. And I was just busy watching TV 1 a.m. I, I was just awake watching TV to 1 a.m. And I saw right there on cable TV, I'm not joking and I'm not exaggerating, about 50 channels lined up one after the other on cable TV that was showing raw pornography in the middle of the night. I'm not joking. On cable TV, in your home, something you paid for and they brought it right to your living room. And some of those pornographic videos were gay in nature. I was shocked. Anyways, there you have it. Let's go on. Create an interfaith movement. Well, Alice said, promote other faiths to be at par with Christianity and break this thing about Christianity as being the only way to heaven. Break it. That's why you see Oprah Winfrey inviting, you know, Joel Osteen, Bishop T.D. Jakes. You see him on Larry King Live. You see him on Piers Morgan. And they're asking, 
you know, that's, is there only one way to heaven? And they'll say things like, oh, actually, no, other ways, you know, yeah, just the way, but there are other ways. You know, God is like a mountain, and you can climb the mountain from any direction. You know, it's, you know the heaven is like a market, and you can come in through many ways. Is that true? Well, it started from here. It says, by that, Christianity will be pulled down and other faiths promoted. She said, promote the importance of man in determining his own future and destiny. Humanism, that's what it means. Tell man he has the right to choose what he wants to be, and he can make things happen. He has the right to determine his own destiny. Okay, we're getting towards the end. Get governments to make all these things law and get the church to endorse its changes. Now, Alice said that the church must change its doctrine and accommodate the people by accepting these things and putting them into its structures and systems. We saw how the church has been doing it, right? Pope and the rest. It's all planned. Have they succeeded? Have they succeeded? Today, you wonder why our governments are legislating laws contrary to the Bible and why the church is compromising the word of God. It is a process of implementing this 10-point plan, 50-year-plus strategy of the new world order to fulfill its ultimate goal to establish one world government, one world economic system, and one world religion. Today, the strategy almost is in its entirety has been adopted by the United Nations. And today, a lot of it already is law in many nations. This deception has crept up by increments, and it has gone unobserved by most people. Now, in case you're thinking that's a story, here is another video, a very short video, of George Bush Sr. This was an excerpt from a speech that he gave in 1991 during the Gulf War. And he said something quite interesting there. Let's hear. Its founders. We have before us the opportunity to ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world for the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nation. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Now, what did he say there? For some of us who didn't hear the accent properly, he said they are planning for a new world order. And they will be successful, he said. He said the new world order will be spearheaded or will be led by the United Nations, and they will do it through peace and safety measures. Let's go on. Now, this is another short video, in case you are thinking, ah, that's 1991, it's old school. Well, this is 2022, last year, by Biden, same United States president. I think, you know, my mother had an expression, out of everything terrible, something good will come to you. I think this presents us with significant opportunities to make some real changes. You know, we are in an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy. Not just the world economy, the world occurs every three or four generations. As one of them, as the, uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946. And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to there can be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. We've got to unite the rest of the free world and do it. 
So anyway, I'm going to hush up very far away. Interesting. I like how these people usually switch topic as if they didn't say anything. He said the world right now is at an inflection point. That means we're at a point where things cannot continue this way. And now the plan is to forge a new world order and they are going to spearhead it and they'll make sure the rest of the free world, that means the rest of the nations who are sovereign themselves, will also be drawn into it. I hope this is concerning you. Oh, you think because you live in Agege, it doesn't concern you? Uh, wait and see. Okay, now this is another short video on the World Government Summit. Hear what they have to say. What will the world look like in five years? How about 15 years? How about 30? How will we educate when programming has become the first international language? How will we travel when we don't need to know the way? How will we heal when new organs can be printed on site? How will we work when our job is a thing of the past? How will we interact when virtual reality becomes the new reality? These are the questions that will shape our world, our governments, our families, our future. Introducing the World Government Summit, an international world-class event bringing together 3,000 world leaders from over 100 countries. Innovative perspectives on 50 of the future's most pressing questions in healthcare, education, technology, cities, and society. Asking tomorrow's questions today. Join the conversation. World Government Summit will shape future governments. Okay, sorry, there was a typo up there. It's going to be 2016. Now, that was when they started this summit. It's a meeting. You heard it all. But you say that old school. Well, they did one last year. Let's watch it. The fourth industrial revolution, the power of artificial intelligence, creating the world of through education, technology, sustainability, and environment. People's creativity, people's dreams, people's energy. This is it right now. This is it. It's really the best time in the history of the world to do something. Collective thinking, collective mind, collective knowledge for humanity. Let's work together. Let's roll up our sleeves. Let's get this thing done. Now, how many of us know that man that spoke last? Harrison Ford, as a Hollywood actor, what is he doing there? That's the question I asked. What, Mr. Ford, what, what are you doing in the World Government Summit? <laughs> the truth is, they are bringing together every influential person that can influence the world to this day. You see, in these meetings, there are not only government officials, there are doctors, there are lawyers, there are entertainment gurus, there are musicians, there are all sorts of people. Okay, let's go on. Now, this is a site called Earth 2050 by Kaspersky, and here what they have to say. The world will run on one currency and you will need an identification chip in order to use it. Everyone will be assigned an identification chip at birth and this will be our new form of identification and currency. 
you will not be able to purchase or sell anything without this chip implant. This chip will make it more secure and convenient to purchase things in the future. Life will be easy, but you will have no privacy whatsoever. Now, at this point, let me just say this quickly. This chip that they're talking about, whether they implement it this way or another, I want to pose a note of warning that beware of so-called medical interventions. I was sharing with Pastor when we were running through this presentation together on Saturday, that I was shocked when I saw in the book of Revelation 18, where the Bible says, it was talking about the last great civilization, this one world government called Great Babylon, the book of Revelation. And it says, this civilization has deceived the whole world through sorcery. But when you read it in English and you see sorcery, you think it's talking about juju, boom, boom, boom. If you check the Greek word for that sorcery, do you know what it says? Pharmakeia in the Greek. You know that's where they got the word pharmacy from. Ah, that tells you a lot. Let's go on. Now, here is a news flash. This is IMF, International Monetary Fund. And this news flash was February 9, last year. What does it say? The future of money. We are gearing up for a central bank digital currency. CBDC. What does that mean? Well, we all know right now that every uh, country in the world has its own currencies, with the exception of maybe European Union, where they have euros, right? Now, they're planning to have a central bank which will run on digital currency. You've heard of Bitcoin? Blockchain technology? Yes, that's what it's all about. Bitcoin. Okay? They use Bitcoin as a test run. So what's going to happen is this. See all this cashless policy that is going on? It's no coincidence. They are bringing the world to a point where you won't need cash. Because if you have cash, that means each country will still have its own currency. So currency will be digitalized and there will be a central bank for the world to house all this money digitally. They're working on it. In fact, I found out to my amazement, I was telling my wife on the way to church this morning, that there are 10 countries in which they are conducting this research as a pilot study to see how far it will run. And to my amazement, Nigeria is one of the 10. I didn't know. Wow, I didn't know. Anyways, what does the Bible have to say about this? The Bible says, he, talking about the Antichrist in Revelation 13, he required everyone, small and great, in, in case you are thinking, all these people are great, great people, me, I'm just small in my agege, I'm just chopping agege bread and beans. Really, you are part of this. He said he required everyone, small and great, rich and what? Free and to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead, and no one could buy or sell anything without that mark. No one could buy or sell. Does that look like this that we just read now? Okay. All right, let's go on. Now, this is uh, United Nations this year. It said natural disasters have been occurring like three times more often than the last 50 years. We heard of the earthquake in Turkey recently. Yeah. And look at what the Bible has to say about that. Mark 13, it says there will be, there will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are about the beginning of birth pains. Jesus talking. Now, how many of us have heard of underground bunkers? 
for the rich. Now, here is a headline of The Guardian, okay? And it says, the super rich preppers, they are preparing. They are planning to save themselves from the apocalypse. Apocalypse, according to them, is the end of the world. They know somehow that the world is wrapping up and the world is going to be destroyed. And they are preparing for it. Now, how are they preparing for it? Well, the world's mega rich are planning to ride out of the apocalypse in luxury, you see. They are building so-called doomsday bunkers in secret, you see. And they snapped up some in New Zealand and remote locations, far away, in islands and stuff. And it says, as four in ten people believe we're living in the end times. I wonder why you don't. Okay, these are some pictures of these underground bunkers, okay? And see what scripture has to say about this underground bunker thing. The Bible says in Revelation 6, 15 to 17, then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves where? In the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne? Who is that? No, that's God the Father. And from the wrath of the Lamb, that's Jesus Christ. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? So they know that Jesus is coming, but you don't. How come? And you're a Christian. The kings of the earth, the mighty ones, hiding in caves and dens of the earth. Let's look at other pictures. Now, the one on the far left is a computer model, but the one in the middle and the far right are actual pictures of underground bunkers that have been finished. They are not joking. They are preparing. Are you preparing? They are preparing in their own. See, Jesus said, the children of this age are wiser in their own generation than the children of light. Are we preparing? Now, before I go here, let me see if I can... Share this quickly. Yeah, I have some few pictures here, further pictures of this um, underground bunkers. I hope it took share. It won't. Oh boy. Okay, no problem. Except I stopped the presentation. Oh no. Okay, anyways, I have some extra pictures and I would love to share honestly of these underground bunkers and how they are. Okay, let me just turn my laptop. Maybe some of us will see it. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, you see that. See underground bunkers everywhere. From the top, it looks like nothing, but only when you get inside, you see big, big complexes. And in fact, look at that little caption a vast complex of doomsday bunkers that are three quarters of the size of Manhattan. Manhattan is not smaller than Oyo State. Wow. That gives you a picture. And these bunkers are built to save 10,000 people from extermination. 10,000 people. You see, inside of some of these bunkers, they are, they are ready that, you know what, if this world is going to be destroyed, we here for the next two, three, four years, and nothing to shake. You see, equipped with survival gear and custom-made interiors, 
this city-sized complex could save thousands in case of an asteroid strike here, right? Or a nuclear war, the creator claims. The bunkers even include virtual windows with LEDs to simulate different views from the outside world. You know what that means? You know it's underground. So if they have window, it's ground, you see, it's inside the soil. So instead of windows, they have LED screens that simulate the outside world. So it look as if you are seen outside. Wow, these people are crazy. Another picture, look at the place, underground bunkers. Now, this is an unfinished one. This is the wall. For example, as we're in this building now, the wall of this building is like this. That's the wall of the underground bunker. And this wall is built to withstand, if I remember correctly, about five tons worth of nuclear explosion. explosion. It's crazy. Okay, I just thought I should show us those extra pictures. Back to track. Yeah, all right. Now, how many of us have heard of the temple in Jerusalem being rebuilt? Okay, how many of us remember when Trump, the president of the US, shifted the capital of Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem? You remember? Yes, that is plain in line with biblical prophecy. Because the Bible tells us clearly in Thessalonians, Thessalonians, sorry, 2 Thessalonians 2, that the Antichrist who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship will take his seat in the temple of God and he will proclaim himself to be God. Now, if he's going to take his seat in the temple, that means the temple has to be built. Because right now in Jerusalem, there is no Jewish temple. The temple has been destroyed since 1780 when the Romans took over the place forcefully. Okay, some of us might not be familiar with that history, but just have it in mind. Now, there is, plan, there is a plan right now to rebuild Jerusalem third temple, and the temple vessels are ready. Pastor was sharing with us last week, or the last week, I'm not sure, that they've even built like um, underground explosives or something. Dog and underground tunnel into the um, the basement of the Alaska Mosque because where that mosque is is where the temple the temple is going to be. That mosque is coming down by war or by war. It's just a matter of time, and that would that would trigger the world hatred for the Jews and worldwide persecution to launch the Antichrist manifestation. But now they've discovered it. And the U.S. government is aware of that. So the, the issue is, once there's a tunnel there, they are trying to weaken the foundation of that mosque so it will collapse. But now there's already a tussle on should, should they fortify it, should they not? So there's a war, there's a argument between the Palestinians and the Israeli government on that. But right now, they've dug underground tunnels around that mosque to make it collapse, either by, by natural means or by fossil means. They want to build a temple by hook or by hook. We heard that. So the vessels of the temple are ready. To commission the temple, there is this thing called the red heifer. It's a red-colored cow, female cow. And uh, it's meant to be three years old for it to be sacrificed for the, you know, the inauguration of the temple. And I tell you that they have three ready, three of those cows ready, three years old, without blemish. I was brought from the U.S. Thank you, sir. A lot is going on behind your back. Let's go on. Now, a few quotes about this new world order. Now, this is, that, remember Mrs. Alice, Alice Bailey? She said this in a book. 
she titled The Reappearance of the Christ. Now, don't be deceived. That Christ she's talking about is their own Christ in the occult, who is the Antichrist, right? Now, she said the major effect of his appearance, of the Antichrist's appearance, the major effect will surely be to demonstrate in every land the effects of a spirit of inclusiveness. And inclusiveness, inclusiveness means nobody is excluded. Let all of us come together as one, whatever you think you are. And inclusiveness, which will be channeled or expressed through, sorry, through him, through the Antichrist. All who seek right human relations will be gathered automatically to him. So in case you are seeking to please others and others to please you, you'll be gathered to him. Whether they are in one great religions or not, all who, see, all who see no true or basic difference between religion and religion, or between man and man, or nation and nation, will rally around him. Those who embody the spirit of exclusiveness, aka we Christians, and separateness will stand automatically and equally will be revealed. And all men will know them for what they are. Get ready to be ostracized. That's what she's saying. She also said, first of all, the Antichrist, he will come to a world which is essentially... Now, this is an economist, also a journalist in the 20th century, well-respected, Henry Hazlitt. He said, we need to integrate the wide variety of currencies we have now. In other words, I suggest we agree on the use of one currency that will be common in all the countries of the world. I am fully aware of the numerous problems that this that it would involve, such as national pride, differences in economic level, and so on. However, if we want to continue our community life on this planet, we are going to have to integrate our currencies at the earliest possible date. Wow. Now, here are some organizations for us that are leading this world into this new world order. Don't trust these guys. Once again, let me say, if you're a Christian and you still think all these things are conspiracy theory, I'm sorry for you. There is no theory. It's true. It's a real conspiracy against Christ and against God. It's not theory. Look at them. United Nations, Council of Foreign Relations, Trilateral Commission, you have the World Economic Forum, you have the World Organization. You see. And what does the Bible have to say about this? Let's check it out. Revelations 13, 6 to 10. He says, the Antichrist, that's the he there, spoke terrible words of blasphemy against God, slandering his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. And the beast, also the Antichrist, was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to do what? And he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all the people who belong to this world, you belong to this world, I hope not, they worshipped him. One word religion. They are the ones whose names are not written in the book of life that belongs to the Lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. Wow. Anyone who is destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. Talking about Christians, because he later said, This means that God's holy people must do it. And your persecution patiently and remain faithful. Now, before I conclude, because the next slide is our conclusion, I've not forgotten this man here. Let me play just one clip. I have two clips, about 15 minutes each. 
But let me play just one for us to see. Very important. I consider it important. Uh, yes, of course, I was shorting it. Maybe I'll play both of them, but I'll just shorten it quickly. Uh, yeah, look at this man here. Good evening, Mr. Harari, and thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us tonight. My question indeed is a bit more personal. You've called yourself a prophet tonight, or you used the I, word I repeatedly deny <laughs> I mean, all this story about Jesus rising from the dead and being the son of God, this is fake news. Yuval Noah Harari, a spokesperson and advisor for the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. Advisor to the World Economic Forum. Okay. Bob's right-hand man, people say. I don't think I've ever seen somebody encompass the Antichrist and the goals of the Antichrist more than this person. This guy's pushing for practically new religions based off technology. He calls and openly says that we're having we're going to be having entities living among us that are not human. And then he's pushing and absolutely supporting in multiple video interviews that we need to be surveyed and have surveillance that is technology implanted under our skin. I mean, it's shocking. And not only that, as you see in the opening clip, he is openly, absolutely, completely against the God of the Bible and against the belief in God. And, um, and I think that fake news have been with us for thousands of years. Um, just think of the Bible. But, there's a, but, but there, is a, there is a concern. Which is then very strange because then he mixes on out of that into saying, well, we're going to have religions that are going to come out of Silicon Valley in the future. Religions of technology. I mean, this guy is so strange. It's like the weirdest thing ever. So for this video, I'm just going to lay out the clips in a certain sequence and not really going to stop off and talk about them really too much at all. Because we all really know the end times is coming. There will be the Antichrist, a figure who will rule in the end. There will be one world government, one world control of government and one world currency. All of that is going to take place. So just knowing that truth that is all told to us through Revelation, mainly Revelation 13, as well as Matthew 24, we can know those truths and then look and listen at what guys like this are saying and just absolutely see how it's fulfilling that prophecy and moving towards that. I mean, unlike anything before, again, with this guy, every all these other people are like setting these systems up, like pushing these systems in different ways. But this guy is really encompassing it in, in almost every single fashion of, of all of those angles of prophecy and pushing and supporting those in every single aspect. First John chapter two, verse 18 says, little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard, the antichrist is coming. Even now, many antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. These types of teachings, these open blasphemies and open disrespect against really everyone, not only Christian, but everyone who believes on God on the earth, is really just a sign of the times, a very telling sign, and really pointing towards the last hour. And so now I'll play the sequence of those clips and then briefly talk Missing about the end. Next big projects of humankind will be to overcome old age and death and to basically upgrade humans into gods. In the Bible, in the book of Genesis, basically the first thing God does is to create animals and plants and humans according to his wishes. We are now trying to gain this divine ability to ourselves. And in a way, we are even reaching beyond what ancient... 
religions ascribed to the gods. Because the gods, like Jehovah's creationists, and you look at the world, so now humans are trying to do better than that. It's replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds, the IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud, these are the new driving forces of evolution. We are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We are really upgrading humans into gods. We are acquiring, for instance, the, the power to re-engineer life. Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. I don't have any answer in the Bible what to do when humans are no longer useful to the economy. You need completely new ideologies, completely new religions, and they are likely to emerge from Silicon Valley or from Bangalore and not from uh, uh, the Middle East. And they are likely to, pro to give people visions based on technology. Everything that the old religions promised, uh, happiness and justice and even eternal life, but here on earth with the help of technology and not after death with the help of some supernatural being. But in 200 years, Earth is dominated by entities which are more different from us than we are different from Neanderthals. Uh, different bodies, different brains, different minds. Artificial intelligence and technology in general are going to break out of this limited realm of organic biology and create something completely new. Surveillance, people could look back in a hundred years and identify the virus epidemic as the moment when a new regime of surveillance took over, especially surveillance under the skin, which I think is maybe the most important development of the 21st century, is this ability to hack human beings, to go under the skin, collect biometric data, analyze it and understand people better than they understand themselves. This, I believe, is maybe the most important event of the 21st century. Maybe in a couple of decades when people look back, the thing they will remember from the crisis is this is the moment when everything went digital. And if, this, is, this was the moment when every, everything became monitored. That we agreed to be surveyed all, all the time, not just even in the And maybe most importantly at all, this was the moment when surveillance came. Because really we haven't seen yet. Okay, the connection, I, it's a wireless connection. I think that the big process that's happening right now in the world is... <laughs> You're playing. I've got to go
Okay, I need not say much. You heard it yourselves. In case you want the second clip, I have it on my laptop, you can collect it after now. Several other things the man said, and he insulted God as though... Yeah, he's gay. I forgot to mention that. He's gay also, openly. The professor, historian, the right-hand man of Klaus Schwab, the yoga of World Economic Forum, and you sit here as a Christian, struggling to Jaffa, and you're saying, nah, it's conspiracy theory, these people mean us well. Oh, really? Be sure before you go. So when pastor is there and he's preaching the way of the Exodus, he's not saying it with ignorance, saying it with knowledge. So what's our conclusion from this whole matter? Although the information presented here is not exhaustive at all, there's much more. Regardless, we see that we as Christians have a sure word of prophecy in the Bible. You should know that by now. The Bible is not smiling. It's not joking. No other book in the world has all these predictions. No, don't do your research. I encourage you, do your research. None. You won't find it. Only the Bible does. We see real-life events correlated to biblical prophecies and predictions. Hence, the word of God, which is the Bible, is 100% reliable. If the prophecies are reliable, then every other thing he says is reliable. Does that make sense? If God says we overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, that means that statement is reliable, right? If God says to him who overcomes, I will give right to eat from the fruit uh, from the tree of the tree of life, that's valid. If all these things are true, then how can we prepare ourselves for the times ahead as prophesied and for the coming of the Lord? Well, I have a few suggestions here before we tie it up today. Now, in view of all these, what should Christians be doing? Suggestions and advice. First, we must never presume that we can never be deceived. Pastor mentioned that earlier today. You see, don't say, oh, this is you are saying, I can never fall for that, you know. Ah, ah, beware. If Adam and Eve could fall in their state of purity and perfection, be careful. If the devil had the effrontery to lay temptation before Jesus Christ, who are you? Don't presume on your intelligence and your, and your ability to navigate through life. Don't say, no, I can contrive better. I can navigate through life. Ah, come on, I mean, ah, I, know they, I know they fall short. I know they fall hands. Ah. You will, you, will, you will fall in Yakata. You'll be surprised at yourself. So what should you do? You must arm yourself with the word of God and strive to live by it. And I mean strive to live by it. We must develop habits of prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Why prayer? Because it's in the place of prayer that we constantly draw strength from God. And why fasting? Well, several reasons. But one reason I know is this. Fasting prepares you for hard times. Because fasting trains your body for hardship. Does that make sense? I know pastor has mentioned several advantages of fasting. I don't want to talk about that because he said it already. But one other advantage is that it prepares you for hard times. Times when you're not eating is not a choice anymore. Is that you are backed up in the corner and you cannot eat. So what will you do? 
Collect mark of the beast so that you can eat. Now, we must understand the place of spiritual warfare also. Very important. Never forget Ephesians 6. What does it say? What does it say? Ephesians 6, from I think verse 18, thereabouts. Well, that's 1 Corinthians 10. That's not Ephesians 6. Ah, okay. Yeah, Bible quiz. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be what? Stand in the evil day. What are the, what's the armor? The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth that holds everything together, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, which is what? The word of God. How about your feet? The sandals of the readiness of the gospel of peace. Go study that. I don't want to talk too much on that. Next one is this. We must also prepare mentally for difficult times ahead. Live light. What do I mean by live light? I mean travel light. Don't be encumbered by too many distractions of this world. You see, Jesus said in Luke 21, 34, he says, beware lest your heart be weighed down by concerns, anxieties of life, carousing, drunkenness, so that that day comes upon you suddenly. He says, beware. Don't let your heart, like Pastor said earlier, don't let your heart be the heart of thorns. Travel light. If you, are, if you are a person of plenty possessions, see those possessions like they are not yours. If you are a person of small, because truly, not only rich, greed is not a disease of the rich. It's not. Don't look at rich people as greedy all the time. No. Many poor people, poor people too, are very greedy. That's the truth. Greed is just the human nature. It's not poor, rich, nothing. So even if you have small things, you know the way you prize those small things you have? No, live light. Because when God says move, if a policy comes now in Nigeria and we need to flee, can you forsake everything and run? Or you'll be like Lot's wife that couldn't, she was torn between two worlds. Because in that Luke 21, if you read it in its entirety, Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. One of the shortest verses in the Bible, apart from Jesus' words. Remember Lot's wife. And he said it while he was talking about the end times. And just like what Pastor said, once saved, always saved. Yes, Lot's wife was what? Saved along with the family. But she looked back and she was destroyed with the rest. So there's a way your possessions, your life aspirations, your career dreams, your, your business even your family, there is a way it can weigh your heart down if you're not careful. So live light. Do not love the world system. Don't. Don't love the world system. It's not your friend, by the way. We must keep eternity in view by not losing sight of our blessed hope and inheritance. Very important. You see, it's not enough to say, don't love the world. Okay, I'm not loving the world, so what should I love? I must shall love something. Well, love that. Your eternal inheritance. That's something to look forward to. 
the kingdom of God is not one thing in the cloud hanging somewhere that they will now go to heaven as spirit floating and praising God as if heaven is an endless worship concert. No, it's not. We don't just say in heaven, we're just worshiping God, worshiping God. That's why, most, that's why most Christians don't find the kingdom of God attractive. Because they think it's just all about singing, 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 singing. And some people are like, I mean, I don't like singing in church. Yeah, you're right. But at the same time, that's not what the Bible says heaven is about. The kingdom of God is not singing, singing, singing. It's a kingdom. It's a government. People will be assigned different roles. There will be tangible houses. Jesus said, in my father's house, there are many, many clouds. No, mansions. He said, if it was not so... I would have plainly told you. Mansion is mansion. I take it literally. Kingdom is kingdom. Street of gold is street of gold. Gate of pearl is gate of pearl. It's not something spiritual. It is actual, tangible. The last one says, we must take good advantage of Christian fellowship. Bible studies, church services, prayer meetings, etc. Don't stay away from Christian fellowship. You know why? It is hard to win the war against this world alone. Ah, it's very hard. I wonder how Noah did it. No wonder the Bible says Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. It takes grace to overcome alone. Take advantage of Christian fellowship. The writer of Hebrews said, Let us not forsake the gathering of one another or the assembling of one another together so much more. As you see all these signs, Amen. Thank you for listening and participating.